Hello. Thank you so much for messaging me at 9.30. (laughs) Were you uh, cocooned in your precious warm cocoon of sleep? I was post-cocoon, but Mm -hmm. I was pre, you know, coming out as a butterfly, you know? Right. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm glad you made it eventually. Yeah. I I don't know if you did that for me or for you. Like, I couldn't tell if if you were like, oh, I have a really busy day today. Just want to make sure that we're on track for 10. Little of both. Little of both. I have something going on at 11. Because if we were going to postpone, then we would have had to postpone like more than just 30 minutes. So I would have had time to do my stuff at 11. So it was mostly for me to be like, okay, if we're going to postpone i need to like put it in my afternoon it'll be a whole thing but i'm i'm glad it was helpful for you too oh it was helpful i feel like burping used to be a lot bigger part of our podcast yeah i mean i'm sure there's like unconscious things you know i've decided to edit out versus keep you know what i mean I mean, I don't even mean editing. I just feel like I used to find it a lot more funny to burp into the mic. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've sort of settled down on that front. It's like our tastes have changed. Right. We're grown, you know, sophisticated <sighs> podcastrixes. That's right. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I, um, so many things. So many things. Hava, none yeah. of which I remember, but... So many. We got the stove leg replaced on the stove, on the wood stove. Oh, like you had to special buy that special stove leg, right? I special bought the special stove leg. And remember, we tried to install it, but like it was stripped. The original bolt was stripped. So Grunge Girl's dad came over and drilled some new holes in the stove because he's like a man, you know? And that's all they're good for is drilling. Yeah. So now our wood stove does not rest on a cinder block anymore. Oh, does that feel good? Is that a nice change to have in your life? It feels so good. It's like the the fucking highlight of the month (laughs) right now. Yeah. 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 Our kitchen cabinets, though, are still on cinder blocks. Oh, what do kitchen cabinets normally go on? Like, I know there's like that little wood stuff underneath them, but like, what is it? I think the reason that neither of us know the answer to the question is why getting kitchen cabinets is so expensive. <laughs> it's just yeah, magic. I think you're very right about that. It's just like held up by like magic. Somehow. Some Something a cabinet maker would know. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of the cabinet maker magic behind the cabinets, but also there's cinder blocks. Right. <laughs> okay. Which is nice because like, you know, the, the two holes in a cinder block, mm-hmm. I can like store PPE equipment in one of them and like cloth napkins. In oh, the right. Other so one. it's like an extra cabinet, basically. It's like an extra cabinet <laughs> into this. Yeah. On the side. Yeah. You can right. kind of reach in and I, I also store my extra mouse traps in one of them. <laughs> so yeah, that's my kitchen situation. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Very Marie Kondo vibes when i look at those cinder blocks they just give me so much joy oh goodness gracious yeah so you know slow and steady mm-hmm. right replacing one thing at a time ship of theseus sing every day yeah 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 that's right uh so i'm happy how are you hava Baruch Hashem. Uh, it's a beautiful day outside and i'm gonna hang out with a friend later which is gonna be really magical i got my new computer and put it together, which is also magical. Um, it's here now. It's very fancy. You were showing it to me earlier, and I mentioned to you that your computer raises my anxiety level quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it has a bunch of flashing lights. It raised my anxiety level putting it together. It was really hard. For those of you who have put a computer together, 
you know what I'm talking about. It's not like a Sistine Chapel Alhambra situation when you look at this computer, <laughs> but let's be honest, it does a lot more than the Sistine Chapel or the Alhambra ever did. <laughs> That's right. Can the Sistine Chapel fucking play Minecraft? I didn't think so. Why can't computer designers just make computers that look beautiful? And not like in a Mac kind of way, but like in a in a like a Moroccan courtyard kind of way. You right. Know? I mean, we don't have that aesthetic, but I do feel like the late 90s and early 2000s, people were much more interested in computers with flair, you know, with all those clear plastic, the different colored iMacs. Oh, and that's awful. I know it's not the aesthetic that you're thinking of, but I think it's like a similar impulse to make the computer cute. Whereas now I feel like all computers basically look like those sort of modular, square, semi-modern cookie cutter homes that get put in when people gentrify a neighborhood. Yeah, 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 I know um, what you're talking about. All computers are basically aiming to look like that. I know, I know it's not possible, because, like, computers are changing in the shapes and the ports and the standards, but, like, I wish there was, like, a bread box for computers, you know? Right, like, it's just something you put around the computer to make it look cute. Yeah, yeah, like a mezuzah case. <laughs> right, you need a case for your case of your computer i don't know i just think it's bad i think it's bad i mean form. be the change you wish to see in the world michael start manufacturing computer cases now well, maybe i will but anyway okay so you have a new computer <laughs> i have a new computer and that's great it's a beautiful day I feel really good about the last episode we did overall i'm doing really good today i'm really sleepy i didn't get enough sleep last night that's what's haunting me what was the last episode we did the trans girl nita episode Oh, right. Really great Nita, episode, I think. Nita, Nita, Nita. I've been mulling over the arguments. and, and uh, That's how you know it was good. Well, now I have counter-arguments. Now I have doubts. <laughs> I have doubts again, Hava. Sorry, the door's already closed. Comment period is already over. Well, here's the thing, Hava. The best <laughs> argument that you gave to me, personally, outside of the mm -hmm. pod, was if you stand back and look at everything... None of this has to do with blood on an intuitive, like, you can tell what's going on here isn't about blood. Right. What's going on here is actually about, we all kind of know, deep down mm -hmm. in our heart of hearts, that, like, women just are Nita sometimes. We just, we just <laughs> feel it and we know <laughs> yeah. it. And I know that doesn't fall into the category of rabbinic argumentation. That's kind of like a, that's like a different type of argument that isn't allowed, right? Well, let me just cut you off at the pass here. What you're saying, I think, is true. And I think in some part of my being, that's how I feel. But when I was writing that paper, what you're talking about is basically making a claim that the fundamental basis of Nita in all cases is different, which puts a much heavier load of argumentative proof on the paper than just proving in some cases these things are possible. Even if I believe that Nita is fundamentally social, which I'm inclined to believe, that's a whole different paper. So it's not that to me, it's not that it's a better argument, it's a longer argument, which ultimately might be more useful in the end. No, no, no. I, I don't would take think so. three more papers to prove. Like it's ultimately less convincing. I feel like the way you'd make that argument is to be like, look, let me like psychoanalyze Maimonides and like 
string together what he actually believes. It, it, it's, uh-huh. it, it reminds me of like a response video, you know? Right, right. As you can see here, Maimonides is crossing his legs away from Danita. But like five minutes earlier. Which proves that Maimonides is a beta soy boy. Right, exactly. So it's like, that's not really convincing because you can't really know what's in someone's brain, even though intuitively you can kind of figure out that Maimonides just kind of thinks that women just or sometimes women (laughs) women just are nita sometimes yeah this is a complete digression but soy boy is such a cute word i know i know it's like i know it like comes from a world of hate and is intended to be a term of hate but when i say the term soy boy i'm like whoever that term describes sounds scrumptious sounds just wonderful (laughs) i guess so okay question though you know how you and i okay you i'm not gonna say me believes fundamentally that all women just experience Nita just metaphysically, right? And it's just how it, how it is. For the purposes of this argument, sure. Okay, I think okay. there is distinctions to be had, but... Do you think men also experience something like Nita? Well, this is an interesting question. So the closest thing that we could talk about is the laws of being a Zav, You're which right, is... Right like being a Zava for like various emissions. But being a Zav just hasn't acquired the same cyclical nature to it, which I think is part of what puts it in a different category. Also, I mean, there's a lot to be said about the potential sexism in the way that we still assiduously keep the laws of Nita, but basically ignore the laws of being a Zav. Well, I think this is the leftist Jewish response to the alienation of men in secular society. What we need to do is create a a Zav cult where men are now like, you're a man, like, this is what you do. Stop trying to make cults happen, Michael. I'm just saying, like, I'm saying we can we can take young men who are in the clutches of the alt-right and drag them over and and give what them they're an really seeking is periodic ritual impurity and so, its cleansing. Yes, yes. I feel like that would do a lot for the well, male Well, Michael, I can't say I agree with you, but I'm happy you shared your viewpoint. I mean, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to create a space for men, you know? That's just me. Oh. <sighs> Michael. Yes. Here we are on this very special episode we've been leaning up to for a long time. How is this episode different from all other episodes? Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> and please give your answer in appropriate Passover trope. You're younger than me. <laughs> so what? I'm leading this Seder. Oh, uh, yeah. Today, this episode is different from all other episodes because we are making an announcement about future episodes to come. It's true. In all other episodes, we talk about Talmud, but in this episode, we're just talking about the podcast itself. Yes, very meta. We are using this episode to announce our next big project as a podcast. We have been doing pretty much the same format for like at least 200 episodes, if you count patron episodes which I do. And we've been scheming and planning about like what sort of new stuff we could come up with to dazzle all you gays out there. And we came up with something and we're hoping you'll come along for the ride on this journey of big change. And what we're going to do, what we're working on right now is creating a investigative and in-depth series 
about Temple OS and Judaism. That's right. Michael, what's Temple OS? Temple OS is a operating system. A computer operating system. Yes, a computer operating system. So that's the software that runs your computer, basically, that runs mm-hmm. all the applications you use. It was a operating system written by one person whose name is Terry Davis. And it was, according to Terry, supposed to represent the literal third temple. Right. Not even represent, just be the third temple. Yes, yes, yes. Be the third temple. And according to him, you know, he was inspired by God to make it. So it's a very interesting project. It's also a very difficult project to do if you know anything about computers, like writing your own operating system is like a very non-trivial thing. Like people don't do that. Like when people do that, they become famous. You know, like that's what Linux is. Like it was a BFD at the time that someone wrote the kernel, which is like kind of like the software that interacts with the hardware of the computer. So it was like a big deal when when Linus, whatever his last name is, wrote Torvald, Torvald, right, when he wrote the kernel for what came to be known as the uh, Linux operating system. So the fact that someone kind of did this as a hobby project and was inspired by religious prophecy is interesting. And we're going to explore both what Terry created, but also what it inspired us to think about in general. Right. The thing about Temple OS is it's really interesting from a technical perspective because it's an incredible achievement of programming for a bunch of reasons, which we'll explore. And it's also really interesting from a spiritual perspective because sort of any attempt to create a third temple is really interesting, whether good or bad, it's interesting. And I just was really fascinated as a, as I was cooking up this idea. I was really fascinated with the idea of approaching computers as a spiritual medium, which we don't really think we think of computers as being sort of utilitarian, you know, not usually as vessels for communing with the divine. And so approaching someone who did this huge technical achievement while approaching computers as a spiritual medium is just really interesting. And I want to use this pod to examine Temple OS and all of its implications as a way of exploring sort of our own human and Jewish relationship to the divine and to computers and technology and each other. You know, on this podcast for the past 200 episodes, we've almost exclusively, except for some stuff from Torah and stuff from Midrash, used the Talmud, the Talmud Bavli, as a matrix with which to have conversations about our lives and humanity and queerness and all that kind of stuff. And I want to challenge what it means for us to be a queer Talmud podcast by queering our idea of Talmud even further and picking something really out there as a text. And so for this series, which we're going to spend a lot of time researching, we'll talk about that in a second, you know, Temple OS itself is going to be the text that we're examining. It's going to be our sugya. And that'll include the life of Terry. That will include, you know, all the attempts to build a third temple. That will include all kinds of stuff. I want to experience this software as a text and explore its intentions 
its subtext, both the subtext that it intentionally has and its unintentional subtext, and just get into the mess of how we react to it and how it intersects with Talmud and Judaism. Yeah, that pretty much is it. In terms of what we're going to do, we're going to do a bunch of research. We're going to be doing interviews, recording interviews with people. We're going to spend the next three months researching and recording and interviewing for this series. So it's going to be a huge escalation in terms of prep time compared to what we've done so far. And during that three months, we're going to release weekly minisodes. So just like a 10 minute Talmud tidbit each week in place of what we would normally do. And we're also going to release some patron only behind the scenes episode that will provide a window into our research, into our process. So if you're not a patron already, it'll be a great time to become a patron because you'll have access to our whole back catalog of patron episodes, plus the new sort of monthly behind the scenes research episodes that we're going to start making. And that's what our release schedule is going to be like for the next three months. And I'm really excited to put a bunch of focus and, and flavor into this creative endeavor. I'm really excited that we have such wonderful listeners that make me feel so supported in going on this incredibly bizarre spiritual adventure. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Hopefully we're going to blow our own minds and blow your minds as well. How are you feeling about it, Michael? How are you feeling about our project? Are you excited? I'm I'm scared. Like part of me is thinking like, "Oh, what if we just did it like a took a one month, you know, semi hiatus, like like 3 months. It's then I have to like justify what we make." Right, it has to be fucking good. It has to be real fucking good. (laughs) Three months is a lot. Part of me thinks it might be overkill. Who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. If it is, that's cool. We'll just come back earlier. I think you're just scared that it might be good. No, I'm scared that it might be bad. (laughs) See, I don't think you understand how fear and emotions work. Well, no, when I say you're scared it might be good, what I mean is like you're... Perhaps, as I am often, afraid of if we spend three months on something, that means we really have to put our heart and soul into it. And that means when we put it out there, that much more of ourselves will be being seen in the work we do. I'm less scared about more of my soul being seen by listeners or anyone. I'm more just like, oh, God, I have to put in all that energy. Like the actual (laughs) putting my soul on display is the hard part, not displaying it, you know? Right. Setting up the display is the hard part. Setting up the display. Yes, yes, yes. That's like, oh, it's so much work. Yeah. But it's going to be fun also, too. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. I've had a lot of fun, mostly fun, researching it so far. It's involved, so far I've been watching hours and hours of Terry Davis streams, which is a lot to consume. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Terry more. We can say that he would benefit from a publicist. Let's just say that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But some of that is not his fault. So we'll talk about who Terry was. We'll circle back. Yeah. I think a part of the reason I'm so excited about it is because it feels like a really big and beautiful step for our pod. Longtime listeners of the pod will know, and new listeners of the pod may not know, that this pod started... Because at the beginning of the pandemic, in ye old early 2020, I was really sick 
with a chronic nervous system condition that I have. And I lost my job and I couldn't do very many things. I needed a way to stay alive. At the time, Michael was like, let's make a podcast and we'll set up a Patreon so that people can support you if they want to. We didn't really have a plan for the podcast to become anything, I think. It was just like, I was hoping my friends would be able to support me through Patreon uh, to help me be able to live. And then the podcast was just sort of like, oh yeah, we'll do this so that people have something like they can hear about your life on your Patreon when they support you. And then 200 episodes went by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just kept we just kept making it. And everyone people kept listening to it, thank God. And it's been sort of like this slow, amorphous like blob that's come together into the podcast that it is today. And it's been through so many iterations. But this feels like the first time that this feels like the beginning of a new era for us. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's uh, it's crazy. It's been three. It's almost our th- third year anniversary. Oh my god! Yes, three years. We've been making this podcast for so long. If I wasn't lazy, I would do like a audio montage sequence <laughs> with like background music. Yeah, of like all the different things we've said over the years. Yeah, I wonder what the funniest thing we've ever said on the podcast is. Oh, I don't know. There's been some really good episodes. Trying to remember like the episodes that I have laughed the hardest while we're recording. That's those are my favorite episodes. Are the ones where I'm cracking up. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of your midrash episodes, which are mostly oh, yeah. patron episodes, but some of them are on the public feed. I feel like are the ones that involved a lot of cackling. Yeah, I, I think you kind of like the anti-rabbi shtick, mm-hmm. which I guess I naturally gravitate towards. Right, because you're a contrarian. A contrarian. I don't like using that word. Good thing you didn't. Yeah. I did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <sighs> so that's it. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. If you have opinions about it, write in and let us know. Hi, how are you at gmail.com or message us on Patreon or Twitter. Um, or if you like know things about Temple OS that you think we should know or people we should interview. If anyone has a comprehensive history of attempts to build the third temple, that's what I'm on a quest to find right now. So mm, like, uh, mm. let me know if you know about good resources on things like that. If you can lucidly talk about operating systems and how difficult they are to build in a way that non-technical people can understand like yeah reach out yeah so i hope that everyone will keep listening to our talmud minisodes that will keep releasing in these three months i hope that if you're not a patron already and you want to get the behind the scenes episode you'll join our patreon at patreon.com how are you because this podcast three years later still helps me live thank god uh and i'm grateful for that every day and yeah, all, if you know people who you think we should be in touch with about this, put us in touch. We would love to talk to them, whoever they may be. And, you know, here's to another wonderful three years of our sonorous sounds slipping into your ears. Shavuotov. Shavuotov. Shavuotov.